The following program contains mature subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. Turn us on and the satisfaction's guaranteed. Frank discussion with passion on CJD 800. Welcome to Trouble Tuesdays here on Passion. The night I reserve to answer all of your questions about love, sex, and relationships. You can text me at 514-800. You can call in at 514-790-0800 or email me to laurie at drlaurie.com. So this uh, text came in late last night. Uh, Here it goes. When making love, I tend to get anxious and spend more time in my own head instead of being in the moment. During intercourse, I tend to worry about whether or not I'm being an adequate enough lover, or I worry that I will not be as good of a lover as her exes might have been. This anxiety then causes me troubles in keeping my erection, and my fears become a self-fulfilling prophecy. This seems to happen to me more often than not. You have just described the, the, the textbook, textbook situation or textbook example of what performance anxiety is all about. So it's basically erectile dysfunction induced by anxiety. Uh, and it's not just general anxiety, but anxiety based on your performance. So clearly when a person is in their head and thinking very much, uh, they're not in their body and experiencing the uh, the full pleasure and, and enjoyment, and it becomes a big distraction. And so you can tend to lose the erection. The other thing that happens too is anxiety is fear. Uh, so what we're talking here is you, you, you're scared. You're, you're the fear of being judged, the fear of not being adequate enough. And when you experience fear, when we all experience fear, your body goes into a, fl- a fight or flight mode. It's part of our system. It's how the human race is built. It's, it goes back to the uh, cavemen and saber-toothed tigers. Like you needed... When you are faced with danger, what happens is you either need to run away as fast as you can, so the blood flows to your extremities, it flows to your heart and your legs, and it pumps so that you can run fast, um, or it goes to your extremities so you can fight off whatever it is that you are, uh, whatever the predator is or what have you. The difference is, is that fast forward, you know, thousands, millions of years, is that uh, the body still responds in the same way, but our, the fears are different. But the body doesn't know the difference between uh, a fear of performance or a fear of the saber-toothed tiger, unfortunately. And so the body reacts in the same way. So when you are scared of what might happen, then that blood flows, your body goes into fight or flight, the blood that's in your penis, in these small veins and that, that are drawing blood there, are, suddenly the blood is going out and going into other parts of your body needed for survival, basically. Uh, and so you lose your erection. And this is, happens to be very, very common. Uh, it does happen in men who are generally anxious people or who um, are uh, perfectionists in some way. I mean, that's a generalization because not not always. Uh, but this is the kind of thing that we need to talk out in therapy. Therapy is very helpful for people with performance anxiety. Uh, 
Uh, and usually men who have performance anxiety, when they are in a relationship that is stable and where they feel secure and not judged uh, and accepted and, and all that stuff, all the good stuff, uh, then that performance anxiety goes away. It's usually present in the early uh, early stages of the relationship. So part of it is you're, you're going to need to get past your insecurities because you're comparing yourself to her exes. You may not even be in tune with her and listening to her because to her everything might be just fine and you're a, a perfectly fine lover uh, and she's not even cl- comparing you to anybody else because you're your own person and you offer more than just your penis and, and your performance in bed, clearly. Um, so you may be worrying for absolutely uh, nothing. So I think it's important to have a discussion with your partner about it, talking to your partner about your anxieties, allowing her to um, uh, to help you through this, uh, to, to make you feel a bit more secure about what's going on. Uh, but if she has to do this for a very long time, uh, constantly reassuring you, she that may get a little frustrating for her. So it's something that you may want to work on individually as well. So if you want to contact me via email, laurie at drlaurie.com, either I can see you as a, for an appointment or I can refer you to somebody else who can see you uh, where you can like get down to the bottom of, of what's going on. Uh, Dr. Laura, you recently talked about the legality of women going topless. We talked about that story on Friday night uh, at the Calypso Water Parks, is that women are now allowed to go topless, just just like men. Uh, and this text writes, uh, may I please direct your attention to this article, uh, Wikipedia article entitled Top Freedom in Canada. Here, here you will find the legal saga of Gwen Jacob of Guelph, Ontario. This should enlighten you, your caller, and your listeners to their rights. May I suggest that you contact the FCN, the Fédération, the Fédération of Canadian Naturists, for further clarification of this issue. Oh, they would know. That's a, a good uh, a good plan. 514-800, if you have any questions for me, I'm happy to answer them. Uh, Here's one by email. After 26 years of being alone, I found someone special. My issue is that I am 50, he is 62. But when we have intercourse, my vagina is dry and I'm looking for any suggestions to lubricate it. So a lot of women, surprisingly, don't understand the changes that are happening to their body. They They experience them, but they don't make the connection but at 50 probably menopausal there's a drastic reduction in estrogen production estrogen is what's necessary to keep the vagina moist so as we age as women age their vaginas can get dry the lining of the vagina can get very thin uh, and crack so it becomes like it can be like you know, like tissue paper or onion paper, really thin. So it's prone to very small fissures, which can cause pain during intercourse. But there is an easy, easy remedy for this. Speak to your doctor and get a prescription for an intravaginal um, suppository, basically, which or a, a, like a, 
well, it's a cream or whatever form it is. One of them is Vagifam, but there's other ones too. There's even some Gynotroph is a non-hormonal one. But basically what it does is it it, uh, puts the estrogen in, like directly into the vagina. Very little of it is absorbed through the bloodstream. So if a lot of women are afraid of taking hormones, for example, this this poses no danger, no risk. Um, and you you do this on a regular basis to keep the uh, the vagina moist and elastic at the same time because that's exactly what it does. Otherwise, you lose that elasticity and it can be very painful. Plus, when you uh, have sex... During intercourse, you should also use an external lubricant, meaning that you uh, get a nice lubricant. Um, I recommend silicone-based ones because they're oily rather than the gels, which dry up faster. Uh, And you put that on your partner's uh, penis. You put some on yourself, and that will help the situation tenfold, a hundredfold. You will notice a huge, huge uh, difference. Can you get any sort of STD if you have oral sex with a guy or by swallowing? Uh, The answer is absolutely yes. Uh, Anything you catch in your genitals, you can catch orally. It's all about the exchange of bodily fluids. Uh, Of course, there's a few STDs, STIs, that uh, can be caught through skin-to-skin contact as well. There are a lot of cases now of gonorrhea, chlamydia in the throat, um, which an HPV in the throat, which could lead to throat cancers, albeit rare, but it is possible. So remember, if you're exchanging bodily fluids, that puts you at a high risk. And if there's a cut in your mouth, and there's a lot of mucous membranes in the mouth, so it's fragile, you may not see those cuts If there's a cut in the mouth and there is uh, bodily fluids in there, then uh, you are at higher risk for something going into your uh, bloodstream. Coming up, a question about uh, threesomes. That's uh, coming up. A safe place to work out the kinks in any relationship. It's Passion with CGAB 800's Dr. Lori Batito. Your question's answered tonight, and of course, you can put in your two cents, as this person put in. Hi, Dr. Lori. Gynotroph was a lifesaver. So for this person, uh, the vaginal cream Gynotroph to restore uh, vaginal elasticity worked. Okay. This question, interesting. Uh, Let me know if you've ever experienced this, and uh, maybe you can help out this listener. My wife recently brought up the idea of having a threesome to spice things up. At first, the idea was great. But the more we talked about it, the more I think our relationship isn't strong enough at this time to survive such a thing. She claims she is a Christian and that it would be just sex, but I feel like if she was a true believer that she would understand it's just not okay. I also can't help but think, since she says her real fantasy is to do it with another guy, that if I don't play along, that she may just do it without me one day. So your concerns are are definitely valid, and uh, if you have any doubt of the strength of your relationship to handle this kind of situation, you really need to talk this out a whole lot more and to think about it a whole lot more. You need to talk about all the potential consequences of introducing another person into the mix. I mean, 
questions like, okay, how, how will you feel seeing her with another man? How are you going to handle your jealous feelings? Uh, what if you want to bring in another woman? Is she going to be okay with that? Um, what if the whole thing is good for her but not for you? What happens if you want to stop midway because you're uncomfortable with the situation? So all these things have to be discussed very openly and very candidly. And the other thing is doing something that you don't believe in because of your fear that she's going to go elsewhere tells me that there's a deeper problem here that absolutely needs to be addressed. So before you go down that road, please seek out marriage counseling. You need to discuss this in much greater depth together because you can't turn back. Once you go down that road, you can't turn back. You can't undo it. So you have to be really sure that this is something that both of you are on board with, like fully. You know, enthusiastic consent is what we're looking for here. Not, fine, I'll do it because I'm, I'm scared that you're going to leave me if I don't do this. Because then you have to live with it and all the consequences of that and all uh, the feelings. Uh, Texter writes in, uh, actually, Lori, although they may occur simultaneously, anxiety is not necessarily synonymous with fear. Not necessarily, but in this case, it is <laughs> with fear of something. Um, he writes, considering the former is more of an anticipatory state of arousal, which isn't necessarily a negative emotion, whereas the latter is typically negative and consequently dependent upon the flight or, f- uh, or flight, fight or flight syndrome. Yes, but the same thing happens in sex. I've uh, studied it enough, did a whole study on performance anxiety. Um, <laughs> so it is a fear, and it's a f- enough of a fear that causes the blood to flow out. Um, so it, it does work in the, on the same principle. Um, I think the idea of threesomes is mostly hot because it is a fantasy, even if unfulfilled. My advice is first try out with a couple of sex dolls to eliminate jealousy. Now, that's interesting, although I don't know. The wife brought it up. I'm not sure what she wants. Is it another guy? Is it another woman in the mix? It's not clear because it's not written out here. Nobody, uh, they didn't uh, give me all those details. Um, Hi, Dr. Lori. I am a hairy woman, even on the belly button, dark hair. My dermatologist sent me for tests. And she said my hormone levels and everything are normal, which doesn't make sense to me since I am oily, hairy, and still have some acne and a high sex drive. So it seems I have a lot of testosterone. Is it possible I just have a lot of both testosterone and estrogen and it balances out? My downstairs area is usually very wet and I'm over-emotional at times. Well, if your doctor checked your levels, your levels fall within the norm There are just some people that tend to be, some women that tend to be darker haired and have more hair than others doesn't necessarily mean that they have uh, more testosterone. I can tell you that, for example, as women age and they have less estrogen, they start to grow chin hairs. So I don't know, make that connection, Uh, I'm not sure. But it sounds like there's, if your doctor checked and says it's normal, then the two are balancing them out. You've got enough of, uh, you've got normal amounts 
of both and there's no syndrome or anything that that's going on if they've done all the the proper tests so i don't think it's anything you need to worry about except finding a good uh, laser treatment to get rid of hair uh basically which is uh, what a lot of uh hairy women tend to do right or just make make sure you have a good waxing a good esthetician uh to wax you regularly um, how safe is it? There's another question similar to the original, the first one. How safe is it to take my boyfriend's cum by mouth? Lots of guys in porn do so. Is this safe? So just because it's in porn doesn't um, make it that that's the way it's done in real life uh, at all times. So if, but, but having said that, if your partner has been tested, and does not have any sexually transmitted infections, and you're in a monogamous relationship, then there would be very little risk to you. The other part is you have to be comfortable with it as well. So only you can decide if you're comfortable doing this. When you watch porn, everybody's comfortable doing anything because that's that's what it is. That's what porn is. It's it, First of all, you don't see all the icky sides to it and the yucky sides and the prep sides and you just see what they want you to see, uh, and that's it. And what you end up seeing is that uh, women who uh, take great pleasure in swallowing, having uh, ejacu- having a, a guy ejaculate all over their face, all of that, as if all women like that. That is not the case. So when porn becomes your only source of sex education, you think, or people think, that that's what all women like because that's all that they see. And that's just not the case. And why we need more sex education. And why we need to make people more porn literate. And speaking of porn, uh, recently I haven't been able to have sex unless I watch porn. I'm afraid this has caused issues in my relationship with me and my girlfriend. I think she's found out that I prefer porn over her and that makes her feel uncomfortable and less willing to be sexually active with me. I think she feels that I find her less attractive. Is this common? She tries to be healthy and takes care of herself. I can see where the discovery of this would cause her issues. How do I slow down on my desire to watch porn and lust after other people so that I can have sex with the woman I actually love? So absolutely, yes, this is a common concern that I hear for sure. Uh, But just because you watch porn does not mean that you find those girls more attractive than your real-life partner. It's just there's so much more to attraction than just that physical, visual thing, right? Uh, The problem becomes that with frequent masturbation to porn, your brain gets very used to a whole multitude of stimulations that sex with a real person does not provide. That's just the way it is. Think of it as uh, masturbation to porn like fast food for your sex drive. And um, once you satisfy your hunger, you may no longer be hungry for your partner. And so she takes the hit and then interprets it as you don't want me. But it's not that you don't want her. You don't want sex. Uh, So in order to rewire or readjust, you're going to need to get off porn completely and you're going to have to abstain from masturbation, uh, at least masturbation to porn for sure. Um, When you get horny, stay away from your computer, distract yourself, 
Go work out. Go play a video game. Do something else. Of course, this is going to require effort, and of course, this is going to require willpower on your part, but just like any diet, I'm asking you to go on a porn diet, just like any diet, you have to have that willpower and you have to put in the effort. This is a necessary step. And then when you have desire, have sex with your partner and get back into a a routine with your partner instead of taking care of it on your own in the quickest way, um, in the quickest way possible. Okay. This is this one's a little worrisome here. Hi, I went to a woman for having sex, but she put on she put on me an already used condom. It was on me for 15 minutes. We did not have sex with that, but the condom was on my penis. Then I thought the condom was not rolled and I asked, "Is that a used condom?" She said, "Yes." Then I removed it. I did not have sex with that, but it was on my penis for 15 minutes. Will I get any HIV. Um, I'm quite surprised. Usually sex workers have better safe sex practices than that. But uh, having said that, please, folks, never, ever, ever reuse an old condom. They don't get turned inside out. They don't get washed out and certainly don't get reused with someone else's ejaculate inside it. Uh, so your question, whether you could catch uh, anything, um, of course, you. that is if the condom was in contact with another man's sperm, right? It would have to be in contact with another man's bodily fluids. So coming into contact with bodily fluids can put you at risk of various sexually transmitted infections. If I were you, I'd go and get STI testing uh, to, uh, to be sure. Coming up, more of your questions. Uh, The next one I have is uh, from a teenager. And, of course, masturbation habits in teenagers. That's always a question from uh, the younger folks that that I have here. Today is Trouble Tuesday, so get your questions in at 514-800, or you can feel free to call in at 514-790-0800. Right now, we're going to check in with our CJD 800 newsroom. The following program contains mature subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. From the pleasure and the politics to the hang-ups and the heartbreak, you're listening to Passion, CJD 800. Your questions answered tonight, uh, 514-800, or you can call in at 514-790-0800. Feel free to email me to laurie at drlaurie.com. Try to email rather than send me uh, Facebook Messenger uh, questions. It's just easier for me. Too many places to look for questions, frankly. Uh, All right. I am a 19 going on 20-year-old teenage virgin. My masturbation habits sex drive has me a little bit concerned. I am able to masturbate up to six times a day if I wanted to, and I'm suspicious that I am losing weight because of masturbating too much. Is this possible? Is this too much masturbation for one day? Can I lose weight because of masturbating too much? Help me, please. So, of course, any teenage boy will know and will attest to that uh, it's very common for young men to masturbate many times a day, uh, sometimes more than six times a day. Young men can have 
many ejaculations in a day as opposed to older men who ha- require a recovery period. So as you get older, the refract- your refractory period, the period between ejaculations, gets longer and longer and longer. Uh, so is this a problem? This is not a problem per se, as long as it does not interfere with your day-to-day activities. If you're not getting up on time for school or you can't get to your, get through a day at work, or uh, then, of course, it becomes um, problematic. As for the losing weight, sure, you burn a few calories, but not enough to make a significant dent in, in weight loss. It's not a weight loss program. Put it this way. Masturbation does not equal a weight loss program. But... Maybe, I'm just throwing this out there, are you losing weight because you're not taking the time to have proper meals? Maybe you're masturbating instead of having proper meals. That's the only thing that I can relate to uh, or relate those two things. So think about that. Uh, hopefully, this texture writes, this will help the porn guy. Maybe take a break from the partner, sometimes to create more excitement when you see them again. Personally, I masturbate too, and I'm attracted to the women in porn, but as I release, I start thinking about a man, and sometimes it makes the orgasm stronger, then I forget about the women. So it is possible this guy likes variety, or the extreme look of a porn-type girl, but it could just be a sexual fantasy to get the job done quick. But there may be no emotional connection. I'm not sure if that is compartmentalization that is usually associated with men, but I seem to have it too. Uh, I think most porn watchers can attest to that very thing. It's The, the porn is exciting. It, it is a sexual fantasy. It does get the job done quickly, but it does not take... Uh, the place of a a human who you have a relationship with where there is emotional uh, connection. So yes, you can, those two things can be separated where one is a simple sexual arousal based on imagery and and what have you uh, and your own hand and and whatnot. Uh, And the other is a a fuller experience that involves your body and your mind and your heart and and all of that. So those two are very, very separate experiences. Uh, I always look at it as it's like... um, you're hungry, you, instead of taking the time and making yourself a three-course meal or going out for dinner and uh, waiting in the restaurant and having a nice leisurely dinner, you go to the drive through window at McDonald's and pick up a Big Mac and wolf it down, and there you go. You're not hungry anymore. Is it as satisfying? It might be in the moment, but it's not. It, you can't compare those two things. You cannot compare... Uh, going to a drive-thru for fast food and going to a nice restaurant for a three-course meal. They're completely different experiences and serve different purposes, even though both of them um, satisfy uh, a hunger. Uh, But sometimes you just want a quick bite, and sometimes you want the whole shebang, basically. So I hope that 
kind of makes sense. But thank you for your input. Anybody who wants to share and, and help out others who are writing in with their questions, we welcome that. It's, uh, it almost feels like a group therapy kind of setting, which is nice. It's, it's nice, and I know that our listeners really, really do appreciate it because oftentimes they will write me and they ask specifically, please ask your listeners what, I, what they think. Uh, so I'm throwing it out there. You can give me what you think anytime. Always welcome. Uh, 514-800 to uh, send in your comments or your questions. My wife and I have been married for 14 years. We're together for 25. Recently, my wife brought up the idea of seeing other people. And me, being a closet freak, I said, sure. A couple of days later, she already courted and slept with three guys. I haven't slept with anybody yet due to my work schedule. She took videos of these encounters and showed me the next day. I have to be honest, I was aroused. I thought to myself, is this the spark we needed in our marriage? A couple of weeks went by and I started to talk to different people through different websites. My wife found out and had a fit. She said she doesn't want to share me with anybody. Okay, something's off here. I'm confused because she told me from the beginning that the love she had for me isn't there anymore, but since she started dating others, we've been spending more time together and having, in my opinion, the best sex in a long time. Lately, she has been keeping me at a distance, and I'm starting to feel left out and left behind. A lot of the rules she implemented are starting to change, bend, and break for her convenience. My question is, should I just stop overthinking things and enjoy the ride, or should I call it quits and move along? Any help would be greatly appreciated. Well, which ride are you enjoying? Because you're, she wants an open relationship, but she freaks out if you're making any attempts to see anybody else or meet up with anybody else. So this is a one-way street. This is what the problem is, is that what's, it's only good for her but not good for you. It, could you agree to that? Listen, some couples make it so that's, that, that's the arrangement and that works. Maybe it works for you in terms of, okay, fine, go have sex with other people, but I must always either be there or I have to see videos of it or, um, or whatever. But frankly, to, to have a healthy, open relationship, you both need to be on the same page. And that requires a hell of a lot of open communication. You both have to agree on the rules, um, and the other thing I want to add here is that having an open marriage is not a cure for a dysfunctional relationship. So if you guys are having issues, you have to be able to discuss them deeper, in depth, um, and usually it will require the help of a therapist. I mean, I'd like to know what your wife means by the love not being there anymore. It's certainly normal that the feelings you have at the beginning – the, you know, the feelings of passion and lust and, and all that stuff, uh, they dissipate over time. And when you have a new sexual partner, it triggers the reward centers in the brain, making us feel like we did at the beginning of a relationship. So when it comes to long-term relationships, we have to have realistic expectations. 
Like, hello, we need to be aware of this, okay? Um, doesn't mean that, like, some couples do choose to open up their marriage, and that's fine. But if they do that, they have to have great communication, and they have to agree on the parameters of this new type of relationship. The rules have to be very clear and abided by. Otherwise, it will feel like an infidelity. It will feel like a betrayal. It, it's not an infidelity be, simply because she's having sex with someone else, because you both agree to that. But it will feel like an infidelity if she's doing something she wasn't supposed to do that you agreed on beforehand. So think about that. A texture writes, get the hell out of Dodge ASAP. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, I'm sure a lot of people would kind of think that way. Something is not kosher there. There's something going on that is, uh, to me, a little worrisome, and um, especially because, you know, she wants to open it up. The minute he starts to look elsewhere, she starts to freak out. I've seen this situation happen. I had a couple once. It was very interesting because he was pushing and pushing and pushing to have an open relationship. His wife finally relented and agreed. Then she ended up finding a partner before he did, and guess what happened? So she went off, and she actually did enjoy it and enjoyed herself, uh, but he flipped out, absolutely freaked out. He did not realize that he was not going to be able to handle it. He was only thinking of himself and thinking about all the fun he could have, but he wasn't thinking of the emotional impact of what it would do if his wife actually had sex with someone else. So be careful what you wish for, people. Be careful what you wish for. Uh, coming up, of course, I need to answer a question about rapid ejaculation, premature ejaculation. It wouldn't be a Trouble Tuesday without at least one question <laughs> and answer on that topic. That's coming up next. Passion with Dr. Lori Batido on CJAD 800. Trouble Tuesdays, last couple of minutes to get your questions, comments in at 514-800. A question, I'd like to know if I have a problem. When my girlfriend and I are intimate and she gives me a blowjob, she complains I come too fast. After a few moments of her giving a blowjob, I come. I'm 27 and I'd like to know if it's normal or is there something wrong. I'm going to say this is not unusual. I think lots of men find this particular sexual activity um, are particularly arousing and exciting and be, maybe simply because of the sensation and they may orgasm faster than with other activities like intercourse. You could, of course, have her slow down if, um, you know, you can, you can control the pace. So, but you need to communicate that with your partner. So have a discussion about that. But if you control the pace, it may end up uh, lasting longer. Texter write in, writes in, that sex worker text made me cringe. I want to say at least a, a condom is involved, but if it's inside out, the woman could get infected. And if not, then the customers are possibly infected. It just sounds so trashy. Men should definitely bring their own condoms when having sex, but what kind of prostitute can't afford a condom every time? I almost don't want to have sex ever again in case they have ever been with someone like that. Yikes, can't get the image out of my head. Um, 
such a, and then on this texter writes in uh, for the open marriage, such a so-called consensual arrangement should be simply called out for what it actually is, merely a one-sided lack of empathy and selfishness. Yeah, I would say uh, you're very, you're right on point there is the, the wife is clearly very selfish. It's okay for her and she's bending the rules for herself but can't tolerate when uh, when he does anything. So something's wrong there. Something is off. Uh, how do you then? How do you differentiate anxiety performance based upon fear of failure from anxiety performance based upon anticipatory excitement, and hence exhilarating positive arousal? And what would you label the latter? So okay, this is a good question, and I'll tell you what it is. It's what is going on in the person's head. So usually uh, men who suffer from performance anxiety have a have a, a running monologue in their head uh, consistently throughout. What if? It's all the what ifs. Like, what if I, I'm not at par with her past lovers? What if she thinks I'm too small? What if I uh, ejaculate too quickly? What if uh, she, uh, whatever, I, I'm too small for her? Uh, what if, what if, what if? So there's all of the, you look at what is going on in the person's brain. When a person has anticipatory excitement, it's like, yay, and this is going to be, you know, fun and ah, and it's, it's like a heightened level of arousal for sure. And it is a positive arousal, but it, that's very, very different. And that usually will dissipate after the first few times that, that you're with a new partner. But real performance anxiety is, is the same as anxiety that you would experience in other things. Like when people start to uh, dwell on the what ifs in their brain, that's a pretty good sign that there's anxiety there. But usually when we talk about performance anxiety, it's, it's a, about a specific thing. So all the what ifs, a whole list of what ifs about their performance in bed. Uh, the girlfriend doesn't need to complain about the guy ejaculating quick because it is primarily for his pleasure. She could just continue slowly after he ejaculates unless he is too sensitive. All right, that's a, a very good point. If he's okay with it, why is she complaining is really what, what you're saying, right? Um, I'm not sure what this means. We touched hands. I'm madly in love. Third-party situation. I left a note. I'm assuming this is kind of a joke kind of thing. I'm not sure what you, uh, maybe not so quick on the draw for me today. Okay. Another question. After having a partial hysterectomy, I no longer get as wet and I most definitely don't stay wet long. I get dry and hard to get back wet during sex. And this is, I'm definitely not used to, to this. It concerns me because I used to get uh, wet before. Also, I don't feel like I'm as tight as I was before the surgery. I don't know if it's because my new boyfriend has a small penis or what, but I've had smaller and my vagina was tight enough to feel and enjoy it. Help, help me, uh, give, give me some advice, please. Uh, so I'm not sure I, I don't have enough of the story here. I can only, uh, hypothesize a little bit, but I have no idea what was removed during your hysterectomy. Was you, so I know your uterus was removed, but were your ovaries removed? Was your cervix removed? Because 
that would tell me a little bit more in terms of uh, lubrication. So if your ovaries were removed, then yes, you could have, you definitely would have a hormonal issue going on, which would lead to less vaginal lubrication and vaginal dryness and all of that. If your cervix was removed, then it might explain having less discharge, for example, so less wetness on a daily kind of basis. The surgery, though, should have no impact on the tightness of your vagina. Now, you don't tell me how old you are. I have no idea. So aging can also be a factor here. So usually I associate hysterectomies with older women. Um, so I'm, I'm again, I'm going on a, a mere assumptions here. But uh, so aging could ha- could be what is causing the lack of vaginal lubrication and the vaginal laxity as well. So it may be uh, lo- your vagina may be a little bit looser. I don't know if you've had babies. I don't know what else has, has gone on. It might also be that you're much more aware now of of your genitals. So maybe something that you weren't thinking about or didn't feel before, you're suddenly much more in tune with that part of your body because it's, it's quite an invasive procedure of your woman parts and, uh, it's very possible. So, um, but that's all that I see. I, I, I don't have enough information. How about you had your hysterectomy performed by a gynecologist. Ask the gynecologist specific questions about your case. Sometimes they don't tell you. Maybe you didn't. Maybe you don't know exactly what was removed or or what have you. I mean, they should have given you you know a whole list of like this is what you should expect. So. <laughs> Dexter writes, I'm really sorry, but your description of a 60-year-old woman's vagina earlier kind of turned me off. Well, turned you off what? I'm, I'm not here to turn you on, uh, shall I say, right? This is uh, the fact. Should I talk to you about what happens to men's uh, penises and, and testicles as, as they age? We age, folks. We age. Things happen. But uh, there are things we can do. Uh, to remedy the situation for the most part. Women, it's it's easier to remedy the situation actually uh, for women because we have the, the medications and we can return some of that um, vaginal elasticity through pretty easy means. It's a bit more difficult when a man is experiencing erectile uh, dysfunction, basically. Oh, you're t- onion peels. I wasn't talking about the onion peels. Onion paper, I said. Onion paper. Have you not ever seen onion paper, which is like super thin paper? Okay, forget onion paper. Forget the word onion. Tissue paper. Think about tissue paper uh, breaking. (laughs) Oh, people hear what they want to hear sometimes. What can I say? Guys, if you want to send me your questions anytime... The dryness, the flakes in between. (laughs) Did I at least get you to laugh a little bit? Just a little bit. Okay. We can't take it too, too seriously. 
Uh, remind me, next week I'm going to tell you all about our big event coming up on August 23rd. So next, I wanted to talk about it at the beginning of August. We're celebrating Passion's 20th anniversary and we're having a big event at the station. Some of you will be invited and uh, next, uh, next week I'll tell you how you can win a pair of VIP tickets to attend uh, the big event where we'll have some performances and prizes and our live broadcast and all kinds of uh, other goodies going on as well. So I'm really, really excited to be able to celebrate 20 years of passion with all of you guys. Thank you all for uh, sending in your questions tonight. Thanks to Dave Simon, our technical producer. If you want to connect with me, you can on social media at Dr. Lori Betito, B-E-T-I-T-O, or through my website, drlori.com. Coming up next here on CJD, we bring you the CTV National News. Have a wonderful rest of the evening, and remember to live your life with passion. <laughs>